The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Uh, hi, my name is Grant. Um, I am filling in for Josh today because it's December, and December's crazy for pastors. And so, yeah, he, he's like, hey, you want to fill in one Sunday? Uh, I'm like, sure, I'd love to. Um, so, so you get me today. So sorry about that, maybe. Uh, but uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk um, about the song... A little town of Bethlehem. We're going through this, this series called A Thrill of Hope, and um, Ray, Lynn has done a great job doing the Devo, the, the little devotional. So if you haven't gotten one of those, you can grab those in the back, or they're online too. Um, but today, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and what we're going to do with this is we're going to break it up. Um, and why I chose this song is because when I was a kid, I was probably about 10, 11, 12, uh, I, we went to go visit my grandma in Ashtabula, Ohio. Everybody ever heard of Ashtabula, Ohio? One, all right, one. Thank you. Yeah, you're from Ohio, aren't you? That's why. That's why. Yeah, um, it's this little town on um, on Lake Erie, and uh, I loved it because I was growing up in Texas and Southern California, and so I never got to experience snow until we went to go visit my grandma, and she lived across the street from from uh, her church that she went to. I think it was like a Methodist church, and so we we would walk over there. And I remember one Christmas Eve, we're having like the candlelight service. And I look out the window, we're singing, Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. And all of a sudden, it's like a Hallmark movie. Like, the snow starts coming down, right, through the window. And I'm like, wow. And here we are singing this song with candlelit. And it was just beautiful. And so ever since then, I've loved this song. And as I've gotten older, I've loved the theological depth and just some of the hope that has come in this song. Um, it's a song that's written over 130 years ago, and it still stands the test of time today, right? So something back in the late 1800s, um, but it still has words for us today. And, and so we're going to look at that and what that looks like. But what I want to do today is because this song has, it has five words, but we're only going to focus on four of the words, all right? Because of is kind of a weird word to talk about. But we're going to talk about O, little, town, and Bethlehem, all right? But I want to go backwards because our English language is kind of strange in that uh, we always put our subjects at the end of this, the sentence, right? But most other languages put it always at the beginning so you know what you're talking about and then you describe what it is. So that's what we're going to do. And uh, so let's talk about Bethlehem first, all right? got to get used to this little clicker here. Yeah, a little town of Bethlehem. Um, Bethlehem literally means house of bread, and the first time we hear about Bethlehem is in the book of Ruth, where um, Boaz is from. And if you know the, the story of Ruth, uh, um, Ruth is a foreigner, and Boaz, uh, um, uh, Elimelech and uh, his wife are in a famine, right? And Bethlehem's in a famine. The house of bread, literally the town that is called house of bread is in a famine. So they leave to go to the foreign land. They go to this foreign land. The sons die. The husband dies. All that's left is Naomi. And, um, but yet her... her uh, daughters-in-law, uh, one of them, Ruth, decides to come back to Bethlehem, um, is living as a widow, which is a, not a good thing in those times, ends up marrying this guy named Boaz. They have a kid uh, who has a kid who then has a kid and ends up being David. So Bethlehem's also known as the, the city of David, right? You saw that in the reading today. So we've got the house of bread, the city of David, and now Bethlehem becomes the, the birthplace of Jesus. Because uh, what happened in those days is, is there's a lot going on, right? Um, there's a census going on this time. We read about that too. Census that Quirinius uh, decides they want to do this. Um, and so they all have to go to their hometowns. Now, I don't know if you know about this, but Bethlehem, Nazareth is where Joseph was from, Nazareth, all the way to Bethlehem. 
90 miles, all right? Now, I've never been pregnant before, but I can only imagine traveling 90 miles on foot um, when you're nine, ten months pregnant, right? That's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, so it probably took them a couple days to do so, um, to go back to their hometown, to this place called Bethlehem. Um, also at this time, there's a lot of, like, unrest going on, right? Uh, the, the Romans are in charge of kind of the world. They're kind of taken over. And it'd been, they've been in charge for about 50 years now. And so uh, the way they did that, though, was by force, right? They had the best army. They were the best at killing people. They were the best at torturing people. They were best at revenge. They were kind of the superpower of, of that time. And um, so things were, were not good for the Jewish people, right? They were living in a time of fear, a time of uncertainty, on top of that, the Jewish people hadn't had a prophetic voice for over 400 years, right? We know the book of Malachi was the last book of the Old Testament. Uh, since Malachi, no prophets had been there. So they're kind of in this spiritual uneasiness, right? They, they don't know what's going on. They, they're just kind of waiting for that Messiah, but they're kind of getting complacent. Um, you've got kind of this ritualistic faith that's going on because uh, it's just the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they're kind of running things, and it's just kind of do your daily thing. And, and you know how that is. Sometimes you just uh, get tired of the routine, and so people are kind of falling away, they're, they're not practicing their faith as much, so you, it's kind of this world they're entering in that, that Jesus comes, and so as they come to Bethlehem, um, the world's a little bit upside down, right? Uh, they were probably feeling, a lot of people at that time were probably feeling pretty hopeless, pretty dark, um, and, and I don't know about you, but maybe living this time, 2019, uh, maybe you feel like our world is losing hope, right? Maybe you feel a little bit of darkness, right? And what do we, what do, we do when the world seems hopeless and dark, right? Maybe it's uh, you're uncertain about the, the political structure. Maybe it's uh, culture and the way culture is moving and you're, you're worried about the, the world you have to raise your kids in or, or whatever it might be. Sometimes we, we lose hope, right? We, we get afraid of what's going on in the world. And that's why I love uh, this song, a little town of Bethlehem, and I want to show this verse. Here's verse 1. It shows us that there is hope. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet, in the dark streets shining, the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. That no matter what kind of darkness was going on at that time, or even in our time now, that the everlasting light, Jesus, comes into the world to give hope, to give restoration. And that's a promise we can, that 2,000 years ago they, they uh, lived by and we can live by it now as two. So, so hopelessness, darkness can be met with Jesus being the hope of the world and the everlasting light. That's why I love Christmas is we got these lights. It's the darkest time of year during the winter solstice, and yet uh, it's the time where you see the Christmas lights and the candles, and, and, and I love that season of light. So Jesus is the light. All right, word number two. You ready? Town. Town. Oh, let's do this. Town. Say it. Oh, yes. We're going to get responsive here. All right. Um, town. Uh, part, partly to keep you awake, too, but uh, uh, no. So small town, this town of Bethlehem is a, is a tiny little town. Um, modern day right now, I looked this up, it's only about 50 or 60,000 that live in Bethlehem. Guess what? The same size as Leander. Oh, yes. 
Also, also, um, I'll put this map back up. So here you can see Bethlehem and Jerusalem. That's the big city, only about six miles away, all right? And we know Jesus did most of his ministry there in Jerusalem in the big city, just like Leander would be to like Austin, right? That we've got the, the, that place there. Now here's what's fascinating, is that Jesus wasn't born um, in the big city. He was born in the small town, right? Um, and, and there might have not been a lot of resources at that time, right? You think about like culture, and culture always happens in the big town where you go watch the plays or the, the sports teams are always located downtown or, or those kinds of things. But yet in the small town, what is there to do, right? Um, and maybe um, your town, your hometown, is where you love to go, right? How many of you guys are going home for Christmas? Maybe this isn't your home, but you're going back home for Christmas. A couple of you, yeah. Um, for, for many of us, like that hometown might have a good connotation where we, we go um, and we say, oh, I love being home, right? Our hometown. Uh, again, Hallmark movies love doing this. The, the young single woman comes back home to save Christmas and ends up meeting a guy, and they live happily ever after, right? Every Christmas movie, sorry, I spoiled every Hallmark movie for you, but that's pretty much the plot, right? Uh, but something about coming back home, and it always seems to, again, snow on Christmas Eve, and, and, and the world is saved. But, um, but hometown for many is not always a good thing, right? And think about this. Here, Mary and Joseph come back to Joseph's hometown, and there's no room for them, right? There's no room for them. You think about this, like, surely Joseph should have had some, some relatives he could have stayed with. Surely there could have been some friends that he grew up with, right? But there's nobody there that they have, and so they feel all alone in his hometown. Um, and there's not even a room. They have to be put up in uh, classic, we, we've said, in a, in a stable, but most scholars would actually say, uh, in, a, in a cave, and so people have tried to find the, the, the exact cave that Jesus was probably born in. Um, but think about that. You're going back to your hometown. It's dark. You're alone. You're, your wife's about to have a baby, and now here you are, all alone. Uh, and maybe sometimes for this season, it can be a time of aloneness, right? We see the movies. We see everybody getting together with family, and, and things look all cheery and bright, but you might be feeling, you know, FOMO of missing out of, man, I don't have that relationship. I wish I had more of that. Or I have strained or broken relationships. And we feel sometimes alone. And here's verse 2 of this song. So what do we do when we feel alone? Well, Mary and Joseph had this promise. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wondering love. O morning stars together proclaim the holy birth and praises sing to God the King and peace to men on earth. You see, Mary and Joseph weren't really alone. Uh, they had angels singing and watching over them that day, celebrating and worshiping, and what a cool picture that is, right? But just like Mary and Joseph and Jesus had that, we also have that, right? We are never truly alone. That, that Manuel, God with us, literally, is always with us, right? We've got angels always with us. We've got the spiritual realm that is constantly fighting. We heard about that last week. Uh, constantly fighting for us, with us, right? And so there's hope in this season. There's peace to men on earth in this season too. So, so that's town. All right, ready for the next one? 
Little. Oh, you're good. Little. Good. All right, good. Um, yeah, little. What do we do with this word little? Um, think about this. Uh, often we think that the important stuff is the big stuff, right? If it's big stuff, if it's loud, if it's um, a big event, then that's the important stuff. If it's a big city, that's the important place. But what we learn from this song and learn from, from this story is that, no, it's, it's about the little, the little stuff. Uh, again, this was a little town. Um, I want to I give you a little test, all right? So location factors heavily in kind of our, our uh, prejudice with different people. Imagine this. Um, you're about to be with a group of people. One person grew up in Appalachia, another in Manhattan in New York City, another in South Alabama, another in small town Texas, another in Wisconsin, and another from rural Nevada. In all likelihood, you've already come up with some kind of stereotype about each of those people based upon where they live, right? Um, I used to uh, do youth ministry, and we would take our, our kids to national youth gatherings. And I remember one time we were living um, in Nebraska, and when we took our kids to New Orleans for this youth gathering, everybody asked our kids, well, do you uh, live on a farm? Do you grow corn? You know, do you ride your horse to school? All these kind of stereotypes that people thought of Nebraska, and, and they just got a kick out of that, right? Uh, it'd be the same way our kids thought that, like, every person from California was like, yeah, man, what's up, what's up, right? That kind of thing. And, and we have these predetermined stereotypes about where people live and where they're from. Um, but, you know, I think God uses uh, people more than we think, and especially small town uh, kind of things like that. Uh, I want to show you some pictures. What do all these people have in common? We've got some, what, Brad Pitt, Taylor Swift, Carrie Underwood, good old Matthew McConaughey, and Oprah, and that's Neil Armstrong. Um, what are they all in common? They're all from small towns. They're all from small towns. They, they grew up in the small town. Um, anybody know where Matthew McConaughey's from? He's from Texas. Uvalde. Uvalde. Yeah, anybody from there? No? All right, yeah. Uh, I, I just learned that. I was like, oh, wow. So... Um, but yeah, small towns, and they, they, uh, they were developed, they grew in their small towns, they left to go to the big towns to, to um, do things, but, but they still had those small town roots. And, and here's what we think is that oftentimes um, God comes to us in the big stuff, right? Uh, Elijah was that. He was like waiting for God to speak, and the wind came, the earthquake came, you know, the rain came, all these things came, and he didn't hear God's voice. But it was only in the stillness that he heard God. And I think that's sometimes for us too is when we're quiet, when we listen to what God has to say, that's when he speaks to us in the, in the small, in the tiny. Uh, think about this, that um, uh, Jesus came into this world to flip everything upside down. And so we, we essentially live in the upside down kingdom uh, because of what Jesus has done. Now, here's some examples, right? The last are first. Right? That's, that's weird to think in our world. Wait, last, but we always try to be first in line. Why should we try to be last, right? Turn the other cheek. Someone hits you, I'm supposed to like just be passive and, and not have revenge at them, right? It feels so good to get revenge, right? But, but then what happens, right? There's this myth of redemptive violence that, that if I hit somebody, they're going to hit somebody and we're just going to keep going and it never ends. The cycle keeps going. And so Jesus says, no, turn the other cheek. Let's end this cycle. Uh, pray for your enemies, Wait, what? You want me to pray for my enemies? That's, I don't want to do that, Jesus, right? Or, or forgive often. How many times should I forgive? Seventy times seven. Basically, infinity, right? Well, 
our world doesn't work like that. We say, no, you get one or two shots after that. No, you're, I'm done with you. But Jesus says, no, forgive often, right? Uh, serve others, right? No, we're supposed to have people serve us. That's, that's the dream. That's the American dream, right? To, to live like that, right? Or become like a child. What? You want me to become like a child? No. Uh, Jesus, I'm supposed to become mature and wise and all this. And Jesus says, no. Faith like a child, right? Or, or grace alone. No, but, but I work hard. But, but I do, I, I deserve things. Like I'm entitled to things because I work hard at them. So I, I, I earn this, right? And Jesus says, no. I've done it all, right? Grace is free, and that's upside down for us, right? All those things. There's, there's tons more in Scripture that Jesus turns upside down. But, but here's the thing. As all of these have to do with the little things, right? It's not about being big. It's not about status. It's not about a lot of money. It's not a lot about um, notoriety. It's all about making ourselves small because uh, Jesus is big, right? John says that, that I want to decrease so that Christ can increase in my life. And so little, little. Um, and so I guess my question is, how will we live little, right? In our little town of Leander, what does that look like? Um, what does little um, look like in your life to serve your neighbors, um, to, to serve your coworkers, right? To forgive those people that might have uh, said something against you or, or whatever that looks like, right? So... What does that look like? And I believe he's, he's doing some big things here um, in our church here at Axe and here in the city. Uh, it's cool to see events like that going on in the fire station, the police station, and, and the Baghdad Elementary, and, and Acts of Love, and just some of these little ministries that are making big impacts. So little is important. All right, ready for the last one? This is my, this is my favorite one. All right, oh. 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 Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, oh, when you're thinking of O, oh, there's a couple different ways you can use this, right? The first one is oh, right? Maybe like oh no, or oh shoot, or maybe there's some other expletive in there, maybe you say, or whatever, but, but right? We kind of got this like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, right? And I think sometimes, you know, in our society that uh, we have a lot of this of like, oh, like, I gotta go to work again. Oh, I just I, don't, I can't pay for that. Or oh, I, I, you know, we just have a lot of things. Oh, I'm so busy, right? Uh, there's a lot of O oh in our life that is is often negative. But this O oh, little town of Bethlehem, I think it's just a fun thing. Like, uh, is actually I think more positive. Like maybe like, oh yeah, or oh, like that sense of wonder and awe. And I think that's kind of the O that, that the author here, the, the songwriter, is talking about is, is what does that look like? Um, or just O, right? When we, when we gaze upon the wonder of who Jesus is. Um, and, and I think the emotion that's, that's gained in the song, uh, oh, here's, yeah, here's kind of the, whoa, what, right? Um, but... And I love this. Like, it's just this silent kind of picture, this, this stillness, right? Um, how, silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessing of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. And ultimately, this is really what Christmas is all about, right? We've got the hustle and bustle, and things are busy. There's activities. There's 
parties, there's, you know, finals, there's all that kind of stuff that goes on in our world today. Um, But God tells us, here's ultimately what the season is all about, right? The wondrous gift is given. The wondrous gift is given. Um, God imparts to human hearts the blessing of his heavens, that, that as heirs, as children of God, that we get the blessings of heaven. How amazing is that? And this is the wonder of the incarnation. Big word there, incarnation basically means, you know, God with us, God in flesh, and that he came to be with us, like us, um, to live the perfect sinful life that we could not live and to die the death that we could not die so that we could have the life that we normally couldn't have but now can have because of what Jesus has done. And that is what Christmas is about. That is the oh, like that we have in wonder and awe. And so when we think of, oh, little town of Bethlehem, like what an amazing place that is because not only is it the house of bread that provides, not only is it the the, um, house of David, the city of David, but it's also the place where Jesus was born, where, where hope and light and life came into our world. So maybe, what if, uh, oh, I just love that picture. Isn't that a cool picture? That Jesus' purpose here is to go from the cradle to the cross, right? He had one mission. Uh, it says in, in Mark that, uh, um, that he came to, not to serve, but, or not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's Jesus' mission statement right there, right? To give his life as a ransom for many and to serve. Um, and he did that for you and for me. And so may we have this kind of face of, of awe and wonder at the Christmas season, that, that when you hear the story again of Christmas, when you're there on, on Christmas Eve, when you're there with your family, that you just have that childlike wonder and oh, like, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for the peace. Thank you for the light. Thank you for doing big things in the small things. Thank you for a place to go home where we can gather as family and be with one another. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, who you are, that you came to this earth uh, to be like us, that you loved us so much that you didn't want to leave us here, but you you wanted to give us more. And so we thank you for the gift um, of your son, Jesus, who gives us light, who gives us hope, who gives us belonging, and so much more. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for this. We thank you that in this, um, this season of Christmas, as we, as we walk for the next uh, couple days, weeks, Lord, that we may remember who you are and what you've done. And we may remember also what we have because of what you have done for us. And so, Lord, we, we love you. We thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.